What's up, comic book fans? Anchor Pete here, and I'm joined by my good friend, Brian, Mr. Coors Hair. Uh, you got on the same shirt you had on before, right? I, I do. Are you sick of me yet, too? No, I could never be sick of you, my man. I, I want the conversation to keep going. If you're wondering what the hell we're talking about, Brian and I just did a video over on the Lastercast channel where we uh, talked about the horror that's in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Did you have fun doing that? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, although I really regret we were talking about kind of like gateway horror things for us and things that kind of disturbed us when we were younger. I completely forgot to mention this movie over here. Yes. <laughs> I sort of, and I, uh, yeah, but um, talk about something that was scary and, and you know, sh shaped my young mind quite a bit. Really like yes. my first exposure to death, to be perfectly yes. honest. And it wasn't just like one death. Everyone always kind of says, oh, Optimus Prime died and everybody's so sad about it. Like there was massive slaughter, like yeah. dozens of characters getting murdered in that movie. Yep. We should probably, um, you know, because this is actually our 89th podcast episode, by the way. No shit. Wow. Yes. Yes. You and I, like, because we do this so consistently, um, we have way more episodes than my other channels, right? More than Anchor okay. Pete and more than Lastercast. So this is 89 for us. Wow. We have to do something special for the 100th episode. Hell yeah. But like I was going to say that for people that are just listening, Brian has a tremendous Transformers-like museum behind him. And he was pointing to <laughs> this awesome painting of uh, Optimus Prime. Well, I, I guess it's a painting, right? Uh, it's a lithograph. So, I mean um yeah and it, it, it's it's half in color and half gray to some and there's the smoke coming out of the back of him as like you know in the scene where he died <laughs> yes yes yeah so we're talking about transformers 1986 the transformers the movie and uh brian and i when we were talking about in the multiverse of madness with danny who's the, the other guy in the laster cast um we were talking about gateway horror and we referenced a whole bunch of things including other mcu movies that have kind of scary moments we talked about um, movies like, you know, Ghostbusters and uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, like with Judge Doom. I think you referenced Large Marge, right? From Pee Wee, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, what wanted, other one did... also wanted to, um, I don't know how we didn't mention Beetlejuice and all of that. Yes, yes, yes. I actually have like a writer's group that I meet with once a month, and I asked them the same question tonight. And one of them brought up Beetlejuice, and I was like, oh, shit, yeah, Beetlejuice is a good one, too. Yeah. Yep. Tim Burton, man, he really did a number on us as kids. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, what we always do on Thursday nights is Brian and I talk about Young Justice, if a new episode came out, and then there's usually like an MCU show or a Star Wars show. So tonight we're going to be talking about Young Justice Phantoms episode 22, and then we are also going to talk about our rankings of the MCU movies. So Yeah, we um, didn't quite fit it in from the last episode with um... – we talked, we had the impromptu episode over the weekend to talk about Doctor Strange. Yeah. So if you guys like listening to me and Brian talk, you know, with our sexy voices, then definitely go check out our Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness review, which is on the YouTube channel and, of course, this uh, podcast channel. So Young Justice Fandoms, episode 22, research. Wow, fuck that up. Rescue and search. Um, do you think that the reason why it was called Rescue and Search was because Zatanna was one of the main characters? Um, uh, maybe, I mean, I feel like it, it would have been backwards at that point, but I mean, maybe cause it's not totally her. They, they just switched the words up. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know what? I, I think maybe it's because they're, they're going to, 
they're looking for two different characters. They're still searching for Connor, and they're going to rescue... No, they're searching for Bart, too. I don't know. I'm, I'm grasping <laughs> straws here. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? I, I don't. Have you ever seen the descriptions that they put on like IMDb for each episode? Uh, on occasion, yeah. Some of them are very like um blunt and you know or, or not not blunt's not the right word they're very um i don't know they 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 try to trick you <laughs> yeah yeah i the, i know that one of the showrunners writes them and he writes it like you know he's describing like a sitcom or something it's very like kind of blase um like for instance this episode that we just for. watched this is the actual episode description bart allen went shopping zatanna zatara stops by to talk baseball Daring Dan Danger returns. <laughs> you, you know, like, if you didn't know what the hell was going on in the show, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? It, it just sounds like a real mediocre kind of show. And I think they do that for a joke. They do it in every single episode. Yeah, no, so, I usually see them in the wiki, too. They usually mention it, too. But, uh, I mean, we, 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 this doesn't even feel like it fits. Like, yeah, you know, usually, usually it, it's describing something that happens, but in a very mundane way. Right, mundane. Well, where did That's Bart like, go shopping? And have we ever heard of Dan Danger before on the show? Uh, well, in this yeah, episode, we absolutely do, right? But like, does Zatanna talk about baseball in this episode? I don't know. Maybe I thought they were trying to say Zatanna was talking about. I don't know, <laughs> man. I, I guess I'm just lost in this one. Tonight. <laughs> oh man, we are five minutes in, and we got some. You know, Let's have a drinking game. Take a shot for every time I say I don't know tonight. <laughs> oh man, eighty nine episodes in, you think we get our shit straight by now? But um, and one other thing, I because that wiki is actually pretty awesome, man. I went through it and I learned a few things. Um, they actually have like all the different like locations and times for each episode, because that's one thing is the show always lists like they're in this place and at this time and this date, right? And so yeah. like. For this episode, they had, um, you know, they were at New Genesis, they were in El Paso, the Phantom Zone, Bloodhaven, Metropolis, the Watchtower, uh, Dakota City, Poseidonis, Salem, that's where Dr. Fate's Tower is, and then uh, Supertown. So they were all over the freaking place. Yeah, like like we kind of thought that this arc was kind of bringing the whole team together uh, and, and tying all the strands together that, um, you know, we kind of saw this and... A few, a few episodes ago in the in the last arc, but you know they give us that big info dump of everything that's going on, how it all connects, and now this is going to bring all the you know the the main team together uh, to to save Superboy. Although there wasn't Miss Martian yet, so that's yeah, she wasn't there. Yeah, um, I'm sure that she'll kind of come in for like a big emotional moment when Superboy finally returns. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, you know, we were talking about Zatanna wanting to see a detective, and we thought, well, maybe it's Batman. Maybe they're, like, misleading us. But then, of course, it was Dick Grayson. Uh, and then we saw him as Daring Dan Danger at the circus. I think it was, like, Bailey's Circus, right? Yeah, something like that. Um, well, no, is, isn't it Haley's? Oh, oh Hanley's Circus? Or, or the, did they do a riff on it? I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. God, another shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I wanted to comment on the, the, the detective thing. So I mean, I think right. you, you said it was gonna be Nightwing. I think I, I even knew it was gonna be Nightwing. But I'm like, I, I said Batman because you know he's more the detective. I mean, 
Dick is not necessarily known for that as well. I mean, he's really known for like the acrobatics and the, the, the leadership aspect. And I mean, it makes sense because it's this show and we really haven't seen much of him across this entire season. So it makes yeah. sense that it's him, but like it, it's odd because you'd th- I would think Batman or Tim first, you know? Yeah, right. Well, don't you kind of feel like the Dick Grayson on this show is kind of more like Tim Drake? Uh, yeah, I suppose. I, I think, you know, when they first started to, uh, going back to the first season, he, he did seem a little more like that. Cause, uh, you know, he was a little younger. Um, I, I don't feel like I ever thought Dick was that young in any version of any comic I've ever read. Uh, yeah. unless it's like a flashback or something like that. Right, so, right. um, I could totally see that. And it's sometimes I think too, the, the, uh, the voice actor, uh, Jesse McCartney, um, sounds too young. Although he's, yeah. I, I believe he is like in his twenties now, at least. Oh, okay. But like a lot of the other actors sound older, and he's still he sounds younger than yeah. what he's supposed to be. Well, I mean, I, I agree with you there that he he's even now as an adult dick on the show, he does sound like real young. I agree with you. I, I think though that like with Young Justice, like with Dick Grayson in the comics. To me, the main characteristic of Dick Grayson is that he's like real positive and he's real like just outgoing and like he'll just jump off a roof. Like he's just, you know, impulsive and confident. That's that's what I think of with Dick Grayson. I do think that he's very smart and he's, he can like be a detective like Bruce as well. But I always think of those qualities first, like the acrobat, the daring adventurer, you know, and then with Tim Drake. I always think of him as like kind of the computer smart one, the one that like analyzes things. And I think that like when you go back to the original Teen Titans cartoon, not Teen Titans Go, but the original one, I think that there was always this sort of ambiguity where it was like, could this be Tim Drake? Could this be Dick Grayson? And I think obviously they call him Dick Grayson on that show, but I felt like you could almost interchange them. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Again, like I, even in that show too, I don't feel like any besides that in the show i don't feel like i've ever we've ever really seen dick that young in yeah. any oh god that's a horrible line <laughs> i i said something like young dick or big dick i just said something like that like 5 minutes ago too so we're all good man we're all good oh this is a train wreck um, yeah when is it not yeah <laughs> um it's called but- rick grayson there you go. Well, they did that in the comics too recently when he got shot well, in the head. Yeah, that, that's that's what I was referencing. Oh, okay. Does that good, make people good. angry? Uh, that was annoying to people. <laughs> so um, I was gonna say though that I always kind of pictured this is the direction they were gonna go with uh, Dick Grayson because like they're starting to make the circus look more like Cirque du Soleil. I always kind of figured, you know, because with comics, it's always a matter of like updating origins and stuff to be more modern or more contemporary. And the circus itself is very like old school. And a lot of people don't like the regular circus anymore because of the treatment of animals. And yeah. so I think that like the circus that Dick was in was very much like Cirque du Soleil. Have you ever, have you ever gone to Cirque du Soleil? I have not. <clears throat> oh, okay. Have you yeah, ever- I've got a couple of times. It's actually really cool. And every time I go... I mean, the people are amazing. They look like they're fucking like in the Justice League or something. They do crazy shit. And mm. I just, every time I see it, I'm like, this is probably when they do a modern version of Robin in like a movie or a comic, it'll be like something like this, you know? Yeah. But they're never going to do that because that's because that's something I would want to see. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um, let's talk about uh, some other stuff I learned from the wiki, if you don't mind. Sure. Okay. So do you remember there was this one guy that was on Apocalypse? And I'm like, who is that guy? And you weren't sure who he was either? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yes. Okay. So I found out who that it was on the uh, wiki. His name is Graven. And I was wondering where I, that I, blurb came from because I'm like, was this a <laughs> I, I was very thrown for a loop of that. Okay. Okay, so, so you saw the blurb, right? Where they talk yeah. about how the people from Apocalypse, dark sized people come in the 13th century and try to conquer Earth, right? Have they ever shown that on the show ever? I don't think so. No. They, they they've used dark side sparingly in this show, I think. Yeah. Um Yeah, so like, I know that like when we think of Dark Side as forces coming to Earth, I think our general consensus is to think of like um, the Zack Snyder Justice League, like his version of Dark Side coming to Earth, sort of around like ancient Greek times, like the times of like you know Wonder Woman, right? And um, to think that they came during the 13th century is real interesting. Um, I, I it would be around the time of Genghis Khan. Basically, just for people to wonder what the fuck I'm talking about. The blurb on the Wikipedia said, Darkseid's forces attempted to conquer Earth, but were pushed back by Vandal Savage using the name Genghis Khan. So, so Vandal Savage was trying to be, or he was, he was Genghis Khan in this version of history. Uh, Darkseid and Vandal Savage forged a partnership to conquer the galaxy until only Earth and Apocalypse were left standing. So I never knew the details of their arrangement. Did you know that that was the plan? Um... It sounds vaguely familiar, because uh, but they seem more antagonistic sometimes. Yeah. Um, so it, it is a little confusing. I mean, what season was this, was this even established in? Because it's so hard to remember. I, I know, I know. I know that there's like one season, it might be like season two, where like Vandal Savage goes to Apocalypse and he like shakes hands with Darkseid in a real kind of awkward way. They like grab each other's arms and then that's like the last scene in the uh, season. Okay. Yeah. Was it like um, the the Dylan, you son of a bitch handshake from Predator? Yes. They, their muscles were bulging. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. Yes. But like um, what I was going to say to you is, you know, we talked about horror elements on the last recast today. I was going to say that this was kind of giving me flashbacks to horror stuff that was on this show. Right, because do you remember when they were like taking metahuman kids and like testing them and turning them into weapons and shit? Yep, that was really that fucked was last up. Season. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the stuff they do with like the apocalyptic or dark sides forces and stuff and like testing metahumans, I think it's really like hardcore. Yeah, it's it's up. it's human trafficking in trafficking in cartoon form. <laughs> Yes, exactly, exactly. And and like it, it kind of even goes further to where they're like experimenting on them and like you know uh doing like genetic en- engineering. It's it's real fucked up. Yeah, no, and they've even some of those characters have even have had their roles expanded like the um what was her name? Dolphin? Like she was oh, yeah, one of those yeah. people that was, was tested on, you know? I mean, she was just some regular kid got tested on and now she's yeah. a superhero. Yeah, I I totally forgot that, man. Yeah. This show's so good, and there's like so much that's happened on it. Sometimes I forget, you know. Yeah. But uh, let's let's actually talk about this episode now. So my favorite moment in the episode was when Superboy's in the Phantom Zone with General Zod and um, Ursa, right? And 
he the general zod asks him you know which house are you from and then superboy draws that symbol right yeah the, the well this is after he says luther too he says the house of luther first right and then later on he draws, draws the symbol right right and then yeah and zod's like well i'm wearing my house symbol on my chest you know do you remember your symbol and he draws the s from superman you know in the house of l and i just i just love that like their reaction when he wrote that that was like the best part of the episode for me yeah and then they you know from there they find out what happened how long they've been there or an approximation of how long they've been there i find it interesting that that um connor is so like um he's almost like indoctrinated in, in a way like he, he seems like he's like a robot um yes. and, and uh i'm curious to see where what he'll be like if he when he comes out like is he recovering his memories or is he losing them um, that's a yeah that's a really good question like is they're showing kind of like those flashes like of things um i mean t- today they didn't show any flashes of actual memories um there was more so what he was kind of like seeing when he was in the phantom zone like he kept seeing luther kept seeing himself killing superman um so it's it's curious to, i'm curious to see where where the, that goes there and what what happens when they inevitably you, you know reunite with him yeah yeah they're probably going to use his like his non-kryptonian uh, dna or whatever to get through from the phantom zone he's going to probably be the thing that makes them cross over and then that's going to lead to a big massive fight on earth and um that'll probably be the end of the season like this is the last arc for this season right this is the end of the season yeah and um that not to get too ahead of here but like based on this whole um warner brothers and discovery merger and then you know them canceling things left and right like i'm real concerned uh about this show coming back at this point um they have not renewed as of yet and uh, I and I hope I hope this wraps up in at least a semi-satisfying way. I mean, they usually do a pretty good job of that. Yeah. Um, but like the the the, f- the fear is real. I I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't even think of that. I know that you were telling me that they maybe had canceled Doom Patrol, right? You know what? I, that might be bullshit because oh. that was the only place I saw that rumor. I know they were already filming it. I really doubt that they would just can it. Um, something that's that's in production already. Uh, okay. This is this stemmed from an article about the cancellation of a Wonder Twins movie, which I don't think I remember knowing about. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it also might have been one of those like sites that I always say like, oh, this is clickbait bullshit. Like you know, um, I can't remember any of them right now. Giant right. freaking robot or something like, like that. Uh, yeah. Screen Rant or something. Screen Rant. Yeah, Screen Rant is kind of bad. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, they're bad. They, they have bad opinions. I, I think I, I Screen Rant like they, might have been, they might have been the site that had the idea that um, they were going to replace Ezra Miller with another young actor, you know, for The Flash. Yeah. They are a very clickbaity site. I, I feel like that they occasionally have something right, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. or they're like a tiny little bit, I mean, I, I can't forgive them for um, that, that Transformers article I saying that one time. I can't remember what it was about now that I'm thinking about it. Um, oh, oh, but the Transformers comics. Oh, oh, we just want stories about Bumblebee and Starscream and none of these other guys. I'm like, no, fuck you. You're wrong. <laughs> Shut up. That's right. That's right. That's go, right. Go back, go back to where you came from. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah, man. 
Yeah, actually, most of my favorite Transformers comics usually don't have Bumblebee or Starscream in them. So, yeah, yes. fuck you, Screen Rant. But I am okay with that article idea of replacing Ezra Miller. It's a little side note. Brian and I actually usually talk about the Ezra Miller news, which is so fucking consistent. It's like crazy. It's like every week there's some kind of new thing that he's doing at a bar, or they are doing at a bar. You know? Yeah. Like he spat. Uh, uh, they I'm spat. They haven't kicked him out of Hawaii yet. <laughs> yeah. No. Seriously, right? I think the last one was they spat in someone's face, like at a karaoke bar or something. I'm like, okay, Jesus Christ. Yeah, like this. Um, this one had like footage of him like saying shit to, to like the cop or something. I'm like, oh god. Yeah, something about NFTs, right? Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. God, he yeah. he got into a fight about the. Oh you no, know, he, he was being assaulted because of NFTs. So oh. Someone wanted his NFTs or some shit. Like, like wow. th- that sentence alone just hurts my head. Man, they are just like living on a different planet than we are, you know? Yeah. In Hawaii, yeah. getting into fights about NFTs, you know? I mean, we're, we're much more grounded in reality. 40-year-old men talking about cartoons. You know, we know what we're doing. Yeah. So, we have a priority um, show straight. Yeah, come on, man. So so for my second favorite moment, I, I really like when Superman or Clark is in Bibbo's diner. And um, like uh, it's uh, Nightwing and Zatanna come up to him. And they're like, you know, asking him questions. And he looks at them and he's like, oh, I need to go find a better place to get coffee. And I just thought that was great. Yeah, it was also interesting with with um, Clark uh, just basically giving them one word answers. And like, oh, you need to know basis and all that. I mean, I guess that's because of the, t- the time travel aspect and the risk of that. But I was almost surprised um, that, that it was like that. Um, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> Well, we, we've said this on the show before that they really do kind of make Clark kind of seem a little like wimpy and make him seem sort of aloof. Like this is definitely not the best version of Superman. This isn't like the ideal version of Superman. In, in a, a little bit of a way, he seems like a coward. Um, he seems, yeah, he definitely seems aloof. Um, and it's interesting, too, because I guess they're implying that he's like 40 years old, too, right? Because they said that Krypton blew up 40 years ago. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the things about, like, getting to our age is you always think of, like, Batman and Superman as older than you. But now at this point, like, in the comics, I think both of them are younger than us. Yeah, it's a little weird. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard pill to swallow. But, um, yeah, so, so he goes and he basically brushes off Nightwing and um, Zatanna. They continue their investigation to find out what's going on with Bart and then also to see if there's a connection to Connor, who's, you know, they they believe is alive. They're trying to figure out where he is. And um, actually, there's one thing that we forgot to totally talk about. Speaking of Bart, there's that battle right in the very beginning with um, Lord Zod on the bio ship. Yeah. Did you like that battle? Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, you know, it was... Um... Flash tries to go and over on on Zod to try and save everybody, but it doesn't work. Um, it, it's those kind of hostage situations are always interesting in shows. Um, you you kind of it's like you know why why aren't the heroes uh, the villains killing the heroes and you know what do they need them for? Um, and you know where are they going? I mean, w- yeah. w- was it just a, de- a desperate attempt to escape at that point when they took the bio ship? I think so. Yeah. Um, maybe. I mean, Lord Zod- n- now we know they're going to Oa. So, right, right. Um, and, and that sequence where he's like fighting them and he's fighting Kid Flash, that reminded me of uh, both the Joss Whedon version of Justice League and the uh, 
Zack Snyder's version of Justice League, where Superman sees Flash and he's he's able to kind of see him and target him, even though he's moving at super speed. And I like that he shot him with his uh, heat vision, you know? Yeah. Um, but my question is, wh- why do they need Bart and the Cosmic Treadmill? Like, why does, why does um, Legion Okay, so the, the Cosmic Treadmill, I, I think it's just to make Bioship go faster. I oh, originally okay. thought it was just they could do some time travel shenanigans, but I, yeah, I yeah. don't think that's the case. I think it's literally just to make the ship go faster because they're they're traveling ridiculous uh, distances. They mentioned, you know, uh, earlier on in the, in the series with the first Martian arc, um, you know, they mentioned the, sh- the bioship trip from Earth to Mars took a couple weeks or a month. Yeah. Uh, you know, now they're going from, you know, uh, from Earth to, to Supertown and to wherever uh, in a much shorter amount of time. So I, I okay. think that's what that was about. It was just kind of souping it up. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, it, it it looks like you know they, they took the pit stop in in, in Supertown, uh, Mile Falk. Fuck, did I say that right? I, I think <laughs> that you might be yeah, got. Yeah, yeah. He, he comes back as uh, after impersonating Light Ray and finds out what's going on. They're looking for the um, what is that little cube's name? What are they called? Okay, the name of the cube is called the Kaiser Thrall. The Kaiser Thrall. So they're they find out he's on it's on Oa, and that's where they're going. Yeah. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that Kaiser Thrall in a minute, too. So I like that little battle in the very beginning. It's nice and tense to show off different powers. I always like the idea of having a Kryptonian as a bad guy. That's always very scary and intimidating. Um, and then that was the very beginning of the episode, I think before like they even did the um, opening credits. Yes. Then you have another battle, and it's where Zatanna brings Clarion to the Tower of Fate, and they want to use Clarion to find Superboy. And he's just not having it, and he fights them. He, he kind of mimics everyone's powers, and um, it was cool because basically you have almost the entire team just not miss Martian, right? Yeah, I, I thought that I actually enjoyed that fight uh, a bit more than than the earlier one. I, I mean, obviously it was a bit longer too, but I liked that it showed what Clarion is capable of. I mean, a lot of the time, I mean, especially with the the magic arc, like they made him seem a bit weaker. Uh, yeah, they, they, he was fighting uh, the, the child and all that. Um, but like, and also he, he himself seems like a child, you know, he seems like a spoiled brat and he kind of is, um, yeah. but you know, he's absolutely a formidable, formidable foe. And, you know, he, he took out everybody, you yeah. know, with no issue whatsoever. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. He's pretty scary on this show, like this show. And then I think that, um, this show actually influenced that, um, that DC, hero show that justice league show that was like just little short adventures i can't remember what yeah. the fuck it was called you know what i'm talking about though um justice league is like justice league not united but unlimited, unlimited or something yeah unlimited yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yeah it was justice league but it was just they were all told in half an hour instead of the the, the previous justice league two at two episode hour arc things yeah 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 these like short kind of brief stories and he was on there too and i think that it's pretty much the same kind of Clarion as the one they have on Young Justice. And you also had like John Constantine was on there too at one point. Um, and I I just really like this version of Clarion. And I yeah. think he's better than his comic book counterpart. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Yeah. So, um, you know, we have that battle. And then going back to the Justice, the Young Justice wiki, there's three questions that they left off. I was going to ask you the questions and see your answers. So speaking of Clarion, Clarion and, you know, there's that bus that he kind of took over. Why does Zatanna need the school bus? Okay, so 
you have to go back a couple episodes to the Zatan arc. So this was, you know, the previous half season. Um, that that psychic image that she keeps showing everybody of, of Connor, you know, calling out for help. Uh, that that that's trying. She's trying to convince people that she he's still out there and he, he needs help. She saw that at a point during that battle, one of those magic battles where the bus travels through dimensions. So the the bus goes through the Phantom Zone, and that's what she feels that sees that moment. And I think she thinks that there maybe there's some residual energy in the bus, or maybe they can use it somehow to get back to the Phantom Zone. I mean, it's kind of far fetched, I guess, but. Um, you know, uh, Clarion possessed that thing for like 10 years or, or something like that. The equivalent of 10 years. So maybe yeah. there's some, some magic left in there. Yeah. Oh, I am so glad that you pay attention to details like that because I totally forgot that she saw Superboy during that, that whole bus encounter. So yeah, yeah I think you're absolutely right. She's going to like use the bus as almost like a, like a guide to getting Superboy, like to, to find him. So that, that's awesome. It'd be kind like, of funny if they just get on the bus and just ride that to the Phantom Zone and that's how they come back. That would be kind of fucking awesome. Except like evil Kryptonians come off the bus, you know, that would suck. Yeah. But, I mean, um, it, it, it goes back again to that, like the running gag of the bus and how they're really like, we thought they doubled down on it before, but now they're like really double down on triple. Yeah, down on. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, I know. I know. I it's it's awesome. I, I love that like the contained universe of this story and the callbacks and the references. I mean, you are really good at spotting that shit. I, I'm not as good as you, but uh, okay, you answer that fucking question. The wiki asked that question. You answered it. Um, why does Lord Zod? Here's question number two. Why does Lord Zod still want the Kaiser throne? Um. Well, that's a great question. Obviously, it's it has some kind of power. It it, it was helping him run that time sphere that he had. And you know, keeping it out of sync so he wasn't detected. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, is that is for for him? Is that the key to to getting back to his his original time? Um, is it? I mean, it has to have some kind of power. And then also, you know, with your next question, I could already see you wrote. Uh, <laughs> and then dealing with the end credit scene is you know knowing what the Kaiser throw actually is, and you know they're examining it on Oa. And they determined that it's an 11 year old earth boy. Yeah. I'm just completely clueless on what the hell that could be. Yeah. Okay. So I was wondering about that too. Yeah. That, that post credit scene, or that, I guess that credit scene, right? Cause it's like during the credits, um, you know, they're sitting there and that's forager, right? That's in the yeah, shot. That's the, that's the new, that's the new green lantern forager. I don't think the other character was named. Uh, okay. I wasn't sure who that was, but I mean, they're, they're, hundreds of green lanterns so right right maybe it's that girl the one that's the daughter of sinestro yeah i did see some um some purplish looking skin there that that was a different hue than forager so uh, th yeah. that's a good yeah. guess thanks um but i was gonna say that like you know you're so good at getting the references like to previous episodes and previous seasons i was thinking that like it might be some kind of kid that they experimented on, like going back to what we were saying about like the people from Apocalypse and sort of human trafficking, maybe there's some kid that they captured and we don't, we just don't realize it. it was like a thread that never got tied up, you know? And I don't know what kid it is, but maybe it's something yeah. to do with that. Well, that's a great, that's a great point because, um, you know, we mentioned that it was Apocalypse uh, interfering in an experiment on these kids. And, you know, this is clearly some, 
um, some apocalypse tech here because it, it, it resembles a, a mother box in some manner. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that that's an excellent point. But I mean, the way they proposed the mystery of it, I feel like it's got to be something we know. Yeah. Um, right. Or at least that would be a more satisfying answer than it was just, just some random kid or something like that. Yeah. I, I honestly, I almost kind of feel like going back and like rewatching the whole fucking show and just like paying attention to the details and stuff. Cause I mean, there's such huge gaps in between certain seasons, you know, and I just, I just feel like yeah. going back and just like watching the whole show and just especially between three and four. Yeah. I mean, two, yeah. two and three. Sorry. Uh, right right two two is the one with like the reach and then three is the one with the like trafficking and metahumans and the outsiders and stuff right yeah but th- that was where there was like the, f- the four or five year gap because the show was canceled and you know brought back so that's why b- between those two times is like the biggest mystery to me like uh, like I-, I sort of remember stuff from, from last season because it wasn't it was only like a year or two ago but right you know it- it's been four or five years since i've watched seasons one and two Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I may go back and watch. I don't know. I don't know how much time I have. Cause what was there like three more episodes left or two more episodes left this season? Uh, there should be four because this was oh. the first episode of the arc. So, Oh, okay. 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 So maybe like over time I could watch them all to sneak them in like all I'm exercising and shit. So yep. um, did you have any other questions or comments or anything about this episode? Um, I don't think so. Okay, nice. All right, so then now we get to this other fun part. Brian made this awesome document that just keeps track of, I just saw you pop up on it too, um, of all of his rankings of things. And so we didn't get a chance to rank our MCU movies like we always do um, when a new MCU MCU movie comes out. So um, I figured that tonight we could spend some time talking about it. Brian, I was thinking that like we could do our rankings of just the Phase Four movies first, and then do all of them. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Although I didn't write that quite out yet, I mean, I could just do that on the fly. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to do mine first? That way, you can help you do them on the fly. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. I think since there's only a handful of movies here, we can kind of go into detail about the movies themselves. And then yeah. when it's the MCU movies of 28 fucking movies, you know, that one will just kind of breeze through. Um, so for me, if we're going through, there's been five movies for uh, phase four so far. And um, some of them came out in 2021. And then some of them came out in 2022. My number five, the bottom of my list is Black Widow, even though I actually like really enjoyed it. Um Probably one of the things that made me enjoy it more is that I saw it with my daughter, and my daughter enjoyed it. But I do have issues with it. Um, it kind of feels like it, it's it's kind of forgettable, you know. Um, just going back and thinking about it, like uh, these other movies just always pop into my mind. I'm like, oh yeah, there was a Black Widow movie too. Like, how how do you feel about Black Widow? Um, I wouldn't put it at the bottom. But I, I, I kind of see where you're coming from. I, I feel like there are some things I remember from it. I mean, especially when you talk about Yelena, I thought she was a standout in that movie. Um, and I, I, it's a character I'm excited to see where they take in the future. I mean, we also saw her in, in uh, Hawkeye too. So um, okay. the, the, she still has a future somewhere. And uh, with her involvement with um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who's... The Countess? Or Countess? Yeah, the Countess, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. She's sort of like the thing that you take from that movie. Like, oh, well, at least the movie gave us this, right? Yeah. So um, my number four is Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Is is your ranking of Shang-Chi as low as mine? Uh, I, I, I would flip Black Widow and Shang-Chi there because I, I mean, I really don't remember much of what happened in Shang-Chi. I remember oh, the bus scene pretty well. Yeah. Um, I remember there being like a big dragon at the end and they're, you know, in some magical place. I couldn't tell you what rare it was. So yeah. I, I don't remember much about as much about, um, uh, about the show. I mean, the, the, the movie as I do about Black Widow. I remember more about Black Widow than I do about Shang-Chi. Okay. Well, I think that there's one thing that Shang-Chi and Black Widow have in common, which is that the, like the end battle in both of them seems like way more exaggerated and blown up than it needs to be. And I think that you could have had like more intimate battles in both movies and it would be more satisfying. Whereas I think both of them just like, we're like, Oh, we have to take it up to 11 because it's a Marvel movie and everything's big. Now we've had infinity war. And so I think that that is a problem with these um, phase four movies so far. What I will say is for my number three pick, uh, Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness, I would say that the final act in this one is probably the second best final act in these phase four movies. Um, this has a really good final act. I, you know, everything that happens with Dr. Strange in that zombie strange body, that that's just so good. That's so different from anything else in any of the other MCU movies. And um, the fact that he's fighting against Wanda, the way that Wanda ultimately loses, like what happens to her, I think is great. Um, yeah, I mean, I also don't, don't don't forget to take into consideration too that it's ultimately America that really shows Wanda the error of her ways, and yeah, she's real, the real hero at the end of that in that sequence. That that's a really really good point. Yeah, like even America Chavez, who I think a lot of people were anticipating she was going to be like an annoying character or people are going to have issues with her, though she's a great character. And you're right, she shines in this end battle here. So. Um, you know, as we know from my review, I had some issues with Dr. Strange, um, but it's like in the middle of these movies. Then for my number two, it's Eternals. And I think that just in general, a lot of people don't have love for this movie. And I think the main reason why they don't have love for this movie is because it it's just seems more serious and um, it like takes its time. Whereas other movies are like more tongue in cheek and fun and action focused. Um, do you think that that's a general consensus with people? Uh, yeah, I think, well, and I think I would like to add to that too, is that I think a lot of people had trouble connecting with the characters. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a lot of, uh, a lot more, especially with these phase four movies, uh, you know, as we kind of get away from the, the initial set of characters that are, pretty much household names even prior to these things like people would know who captain america was and the hulk and iron man and Thor. people would at least know hear that and know that oh that's a comic character that exists and whatever but like you know when you say dr strange or you say um even black widow or hawkeye i mean um i mean chang chi was definitely not known before and i see the same thing with the eternals is that nobody knew who they were they are kind of um blandish I, I suppose yeah um and 
their backstory, I, I, I think, I mean, maybe they'll make it work better in the, in the MCU than uh, in the comic, but like, it, it seems it to, to contradict other general backstories and, you know, of, of the universe and the, and the multiverse and whatever. Yeah. Um, it, it, they see, cause they're basically saying that they were kind of gods, but they're also gods, like actual gods. And, you know, how does this all fit together? Yeah, how does this work with Thor and like um, Moon Knight and, now too? Like, yeah, how so somebody actually this? pointed out. So somebody pointed out that, that where uh, where Stephen worked in London was like literally like a few blocks away from where uh, uh, Kit Harrington, uh, Dane Dane Whitman worked. Oh, okay. So, cool. so, like, it, it would be almost impossible that they've never met or something. Right. I guess he wasn't there that long, but but still, I think um, from one of the things that I heard too was that. The idea was that you would expect those two, to, like you would expect Dane Whitman to show up in like a post-credit scene, and that would be that connective tissue. They were going to actually put Kumal Johnny. Am I saying his name yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. They, he was actually Kinko, Kingo, Kingo, not Kinkos. Kingo. He's not photocopying shit. Kingo was gonna be in the post-credit scene for Moon Knight because the director of all the Moon Knight episodes, or most of the Moon Knight episodes. Uh, is a big fan of Kumal yeah. Najani, or like his friend or something. You yeah, know they were friends. Yeah, yes. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But then they just ended up not having that happen. It was like too much because I think they were going to have the Eternals um, like fighting with uh, Ahmet. Wait, wait, fighting against or or with? I think against. I think like they like you know that whole thing with Ahmet where like Ahmet gets. Uh, you know, put into stone or whatever, or like trapped. Yeah. I think. Oh, that oh Eternals... yes. I'm sorry. In, in the in the flashback. So yes, uh, that would have been uh, that night that um, Contra kept mentioning that they didn't show that. I wish they would have expanded on a little more. Right, and I think that what happened was it was just like too much of a budget. It was like too much of an elaborate sequence to make, so they just took all the eternal stuff out of Moon Knight altogether. I'm sure there would probably be a, a, a ton of scheduling conflicts as well with uh, a, a cast of that size. You know. Right, and, you know, right, yeah. there are some there are some fairly large names in that, I would say. Right, right. That's a good point, too. Yeah. Yeah. So um, going back to the rankings, though. So I have Eternals as two. And then I think this is probably the same for your number one. But my number one is Spider-Man No Way Home. And I just no think it's so satisfying on so many different levels. You know, Multiverse of Madness had cameo appearances from characters that we love from other movies. Or at least kind of versions of them. But... Spider-Man No Way Home like truly captured the feeling of those characters from the other Spider-Man movies. And I just think it's really well done. I'm actually really eager to watch it again when it's on Disney Plus. So that's my number one for Phase Four. Yeah. Um. So I I, I already mentioned that I have Shang Chi and Black Widow different than you, and then I also have Doctor Strange and Eternals separate from you. But I have Spider-Man in the exact same spot. Nice. So you want to just read through yours real quick then? Uh. Yeah. Number five, Shang Chi. Shang-Chi, uh, four Black Widow, three Eternals, two Doctor Strange, and um, number one, Spider-Man. So I, I did really like both Eternals and, and Doctor Strange a lot. Um, probably a lot more than most other people. Um, right. I especially felt the, the the end conflict of Eternals like really resonated with me because I was so surprised that they were essentially fighting each other. Um, yeah. You know, when they, they kind of uh, had this whole family dynamic prior. So I find that to be very interesting, but I still feel that 
those characters, there's just something lacking about those characters that makes them a little more bland. Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, I, I don't remember what episode I was talking about. I said this, but I feel like when they cast these, these, uh, these roles, they're taking into consideration um, when they cast a, a more well-known character, they can maybe cast a less known actor and have the character kind of carry the, the film somewhat more. Yeah, but here, like you know, they have some really big names in this movie for characters that nobody's gonna know. Right, um, you know, right at the bat, you know, it comes to mind, you know, Selma Hayek and uh, Angelina Jolie, which are huge, huge, crazy names. Uh, right. I would say that you know, at the time they cast this movie, um, you know, Richard Madden was a bigger name because the Game of Thrones. So, although everyone seems to have just kind of collectively forgotten about Game of Thrones because everyone was so dissatisfied with that last season. Right. Um, and then um who else is in there? Barry Key again. I mean, he's an up and coming actor. Um who else? Um again, somebody uh, oh I mean Camille Nanjiani too, of course. Like they they cast I feel like this is one of the times they cast bigger names to help carry and sell the characters, the un, more unknown characters. Yeah, I mean, dude, you are right on the money with that. It's interesting I mean, because stunt casting Harry Styles. Yes, right, right. Post credit, right. Good point. Good point. Um, I guarantee that brought in at least a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars for One Direction fans or whatever he's from. Right, right. No, One Direction is correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's got his own solo thing too. That that mid credit scene, right? That stands out. Um, to go along with your point, with the exception of Kieran Gillen's current Eternals run, I think even in the comics, people aren't really interested in them or that. They're not anyone's main favorite characters in, in comics, right? But where they seem to work, or at least what I know from my experience in decades in comics, is um, Cersei is the one that's kind of like the standout character. Yeah. And she, mainly because of the 90s Avengers run where she's with Black Knight. I think yeah, that's where most people Avengers. think of the Eternals. Mm -hmm. What's that? Yeah, yeah, because she was on the, the both the Avengers and the West Coast Avengers at various points in the 90s. Um, yeah, there's definitely, she has the most connective tissue, I think there. And, and I read a bunch of Eternals comics after the movie, cause I was just curious. And of course they were on sale in comiXology and they were interesting. Absolutely. But I think when they started to integrate them, uh, into the larger Marvel universe, it just didn't work as well. Yeah. Much like, I, I think, um, I feel like there was a, a time when Marvel was really trying to force some humans down your throat. Oh, there was, yeah, Oof. and that and, and that, that kind of died down. But I think even they succeeded more with that than they did with the Eternals. Um, there are I there are positive. I, I see positives in the uh, in humans. Like, like you know, I think Medusa is an an excellent character. Um, the the Black Bolt solo series was by uh, Ali Ewing was fantastic. Um, yep. So there's some real bright spots there, but I don't see as many bright spots with with um, Eternals. And I'm I feel like this this next uh, X Men versus Eternals with the Avengers in the middle comic storyline they're gonna do is yeah. gonna be like worse than Inhumans versus X Men. Oof, oof, oof! Yeah. That's that's gonna be pretty pretty I low hate, bar. I hated that story so much. Oh yeah, that that was really bad. Was it was it Al Ewing that wrote the Black Bolt or was it Saladin Ahmed? Oh, you're right. Yes, it is Saladin Ahmed. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, no, dude. Every, everything you just fucking said, I agree with. But I mean, that makes sense, right? Like, they, I think it's because like it's Jack Kirby made it, 
it it kind of is reminiscent of like the new gods that are over in DC, which are far more compelling and interesting characters. I think that they want to make Eternals work, and it just it's not gonna happen, you know. And um, it'll be cool to see them with other MCU characters, but I don't know what that looks like, you know, in phase. Yeah, they, they feel so separate from everything, and and, and it feels even more. Um, off than it did with Inhumans. Like, like Inhumans fit, fits in somewhere. I mean, I, I, I really associate them more with like Fantastic Four because of, the, of Crystal, really. Um, than right. I do with like the Avengers or the X Men. Right. That's a good point too. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, what do you call? It? As far as our rankings, why don't we do this? Why don't we go? Uh, why don't we go from like twenty eight to twenty each, and um. You know, we'll see what is similar for our Marvel rankings. And then I, I had a kind of an interesting question, too. I, I wonder if you could figure this out while you're doing this. Which Marvel phase, ha, which out of your favorite movies, which Marvel phase has the most of your favorite movies? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So yeah. I think I think it's, it's probably kind of obvious which one I'm guessing for you, too, because I think you're very similar to me. But why don't we go through 28 to 20? Then we'll go from 20 to 10 or 19 to 10 and then, you know, 10 to one. Is that cool? Yeah. All right. So, you know, like I'll go, then you go. So, so for 28, we always kind of talk about these same movies down here at the bottom, but it's incredible. Hulk is 28. Iron Man is 27. Thor, the dark world is 26. Ant-Man is now 25. So I've changed mine up a little bit too, by the way, Captain America, the first Avenger is 24. Spider-Man far from home, which I actually really didn't like. Uh, is 23. Doctor Strange, the original one, is 22. Ant-Man and the Wasp is 21. Thor, the original Thor, is 20. What do you got? Uh, yeah, I mean, some we have some similarities there, but not as many. And, and, and there are some big... There's always two big things. we always, You're, you're going to make a face. Every time I say it, you make a face. Um, so <laughs> I have... 28, I have Iron Man 2, 27, Incredible Hulk, 25, Thor the Dark World. Um, pretty much on par with yours. Same right. bottom three. Right. Uh, I have Doctor Strange is number 25, the original. That's the, you, you had that, 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 that bottom ranking, right? In that You're range, there? yeah. Yeah. Then I have Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, then I have the first Iron Man. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And then this is here comes the face. Oh, Black oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's always a surprise. It's yeah. like you know, it's yeah. like one of the um, things where like you know, someone's like, look over here, and they, they have their dick out. You know, and you're like, oh, not even <laughs> see their dick. It's like, holy shit. Yeah, I, I guess like I remember. Uh, it's not that I didn't like doing it. But, like I, I agree with our, our mutual friend Danny that you know I don't think there's a bad movie in this lot. Right. Um, and there. Some mediocre, but right. I feel like, and I, I almost hate to say this because you know Chad Chad goes and passed away, but like, I feel like Black Panther was the least compelling character in that movie. Yeah, uh, I I think literally everyone else was more interesting. Um, yeah, and it's that really film. detracted from the movie to me. Yeah. Um, at twenty one, I have Thor, and at twenty, I have Ant Man, the first Ant Man. Okay, okay. So, so th those are pretty similar to yours too. It's just just those. Those two there, the first Iron Man and Black Panther, we always greatly disagree about. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and, and I don't have like a, a tremendous amount of time, too, because we, we spent a lot of time on Young Justice, I think, tonight. Yeah. Um, what do you call it? I was going to say, though, that 
I, I feel like we should always kind of go into more depth about why certain movies don't click with us. Like I, I'm actually very intrigued why like Iron Man would be so low on your list and things like that. But let's go from now 19 to 10. So for okay. me, my 19 is Avengers Age of Ultron. 18 is Black Widow. 17 is Captain Marvel. 16 is Iron Man 3. 15 is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. 14 is Spider-Man Homecoming. 13 is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. 12 is The Eternals. 11 is Iron Man. And then, yeah, why don't we just stop there and then we'll just do our top 10. Sure. Um, okay, so, so what you got? For me, I have uh, Shang-Chi at 19. Uh, Iron Man 3 at 18. I'm going to get the face again. The first Guardians of the Galaxy at 17. Uh, Age of Ultron at 16. Uh, Captain mm-hmm. America, the first Avenger at 15. Spider-Man Far From Home, 14. Ant-Man and the Wasp, 13. Black Widow, 12. Spider-Man Homecoming, 11. And uh, yeah, that, that's where we end up. So th- there's still some similarities there. It's a little off here and there, but um, I, I think the, the, the biggest difference there is, uh, is me putting Guardians that low. I, I know that's, that's higher on high your list. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's very clear to me that there's certain MCU movies or like franchises in the MCU that click more with you, and then there's some that click more with me. And I think Guardians kind of click. Go ahead. Guardians does click with me, but I really didn't like the ending. Uh, the, okay. the I was very disappointed with that final battle, and that really detracts in the movie to, to me. The, okay. That is the, the sole thing that, that drops that movie down so low is I really didn't like the the dance off, off and then this is the standing and holding the, the the power stone like it just i feel like it was so boring <laughs> yeah and i understand i understand yeah all of these movies have flaws and things that bother me and i i understand i understand being bothered by that kind of that dance off i i get that yeah um which is so funny because we we love james gunn so much and like you know peacemaker and stuff right but right 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 um what do you call it as far as other things, like I think I, I have more love for obviously Black Panther and I think Captain Marvel. Um, and then you seem to like this Spider-Man movies more than I do. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I'm a sucker for Spider-Man. That's yeah. my favorite. So, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of hard. To, I, 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 I mean, we have them in the same order. I, I think. Okay. You know, yeah. Far From Home was my least favorite. Then Homecoming. And obviously I love No Way Home. So. Um, yeah, at least there's that. Well, then let's see where No Way Home ranks for you. So for me, here's my top 10 MCU movies as of May of 2022. Top 10. Number 10, Captain America Civil War. Nine, Avengers. Number eight, Captain America the Winter Soldier. Seven, Guardians of the Galaxy. Six, Avengers Endgame. Five, Spider-Man No Way Home. Four, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Three, Thor Ragnarok. Two, here's where we're different, Black Panther. Number one, Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, um, the, yeah, that, that's the big difference here, but you're going to hear a lot of the same movies, but um, uh, the, the bottom line here may be a little different. So uh, yeah. at 10, I have Eternals. Um, oh, nice. I, and that actually, I dropped that down a little bit. Uh, that's yeah. really the only ma- major change I made here. Uh, okay. At number nine, I have Doctor Strange, The Multiverse of Madness. Um, I think this, the Sam Raimi stuff really carried this a little higher than I normal. 
yeah. uh, for me. Yeah. Um, then at eight, I have Civil War. Seven, Guardians 2. Uh, six, Avengers. Five, okay. Infinity War. Four, Winter Soldier. Three, Thor Ragnarok. Two, Endgame. And one, No Way Home. Um, with the, the the main reasons why those two are at the top are the emotional beats that that in those movies. Yeah. Um, it, it's overwhelming to me. I, I, I can't deny... When the movie makes you feel something that strongly, like I, I yeah. can't deny it, how much I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I. You know, the thing is, is that like I, I can't necessarily disagree with any of your placements, with maybe the exception of Black Panther. But I mean, even that, <laughs> I kind of understand. You know, um, but for me, I, I looked at the rankings and I saw that most of my top ten, and it looks like most of your top ten, are Phase Three. And I was thinking about that. I think just probability-wise, that's going to happen because I think Phase 3 has the most movies out of all the phases at the moment. You know? Yeah, they have and 11 then, movies. What's that? 11 movies in Phase 3. Right, right. And then also Phase 3 is like, that's where you have the most payoffs, right? Like, if you look at, like, trilogies and stuff, that's when you kind of have, like, the biggest moments. Like, Return of the Jedi has the biggest moments, right? That's Phase yeah. 3 of the MCU. So those moments that you mentioned before... Phase three is where, well, No Way Home is in phase four, but like, you know, a lot of the other movies are in phase three. You have those beats, you know? Yeah. So, but, but, but phase one and two has six each, uh, three has 11. And currently, I mean, phase phase four is going to have more than right. phase three. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but that, that'll be, you know, three years down the line, but when that ends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's cool going over the rankings. I actually wish that we had more time to just kind of go into even more depth about them, but I got to hit the road. Um, I was going to say, though, that next week we have um, Young Justice, and then I don't think there's any other – is there another show? What's coming up is next. Um, I have – hold on. I got a list. Next next Thursday. I, 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 I always said I was going to make that calendar, and I never did. I know we have Obi-Wan coming. That's that's a couple weeks. Yeah, 519 week. is just Young Justice again. So maybe we could talk about our rankings like a little bit more then, just to kind of go into depth about it. And then, sure. uh, yeah, Obi-Wan starts on 525. So Yeah, so we have Obi-Wan coming, and we have Miss Marvel and the boys all coming pretty close together. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a fucking crazy time. And hope yeah, and I, I, God, is, is the last Young Justice going to overlap with, with both the boys and Miss Marvel? And Obi-Wan, oh, um, God. There Hope is not. like Wednesday six eight is Obi Wan Young Justice Boys Miss Marvel. No, so that'll be that'll be like a two hour episode for us. Holy shit! Wait, is that is that episode one hundred? No, it's not. It might be actually time wise. No, no, bad, yeah. this is eighty nine. So no. Oh, okay, not yeah. It's not ten weeks from now or eleven weeks. Yeah. Oh well, but it was a fun episode eighty nine, and Brian and I will come back next Thursday. We'll talk about Young Justice. And then, you know, we'll kind of go into more depth about our rankings and what Marvel movies, like why they stand out and why we don't like them as much as other people do. Sound good, man? Sounds good. All right. We'll see you guys next Thursday at 915.